Hello and welcome back to Evolving with Nicole Sylvester. It's me, Nicole, and today we are going to talk about normalized suffering. And one of my most painful, limiting ways that I had normalized suffering in my life and what it was like breaking free from that. So first, before we go into this conversation, I want to let you know that my revised, expanded, new memoir is now out and available on Amazon, Setting Myself Free, Abuse, Addiction, Crime, and a Return to Innocence. My friends, I'm so excited to share this book with you. The thing is about this is it's a story that will keep you engaged, right? There's a lot that I've moved through and some of the stuff blows my own mind, like literally reading my own story, my own book five years after the time that I originally wrote it. Some of the stuff I'm like, I cannot believe this is my life. And only because the woman I am today is so vastly different, like just so vastly different. And it gave me so much compassion for myself, but it just reminded me of so much of what, you know, so much of the human experience, people are moving through these things and the the kind of compassion and, you know, awareness that I had after reading this, I just, you know, being out in the world, you know, I just touch in and I'm like, you know, there's a lot of people that are still facing a lot of these things. There are people that are navigating addiction and addiction is not just substance. You could have a sex addiction. You could have a porn addiction. You could have an addiction to social media, addiction to uh, validation and attention. There's so many things to food, to, um, and, and of course it could be to wine. Like you're like, I, I just can't seem to let go of that evening wine, even though I know that it's making me not be as present as I want to be. Um, and then there's the abuse, right? Like the abuse part is there's a spectrum because there's violent abuse, but then there's also emotional abuse and emotional abuse is horrible. It's horrible. And I would say like, with violent abuse, it's a little bit easier to say, look, I was hurt. Here's my bruise. With emotional abuse, it's a li- it's not only is it insidious, it's also something that you can kind of talk yourself out of. And I know this just from working with hundreds of women that have been in this situation since I announced my story and since I shared five years ago. You know, I've worked with a lot of women helping them break free of relationships that do not serve them. And it is my greatest honor to help to be a mirror, to be a guide, to be a voice, to help women remember. And I just understand how challenging it can be because sometimes if someone's not hitting you or someone's not being hit, you're like, is it that bad? Are these things normal? But that's where we get into that normalized suffering. And then, of course, like the crime aspect of this story, I feel like maybe is more rare in a sense, but there's all kinds of ways that things, you know, can be borderline edge of like, oh, my gosh, is that legal? Is this right? Is it morally right? Does this feel good to me? And we can carry shame and guilt and stories. And even if someone in our family, someone close to us is associated with something like this, it can also weigh on us. So. It's just, there's so many things, so many touch points in this book of the human experience. And that's why I'm so happy to share it and to also feel like I've done it justice by making it not only better, but just, it just feels like I made it right in a way. That's how I feel in my soul. So I can't wait to share with you. 
Now, I do have a giveaway going on and I want you to know about it and it would be so amazing to have you participate. So everyone that participates in this giveaway is going to win, like everyone. And here's the thing that everyone's going to get, access to my upcoming Set Yourself Free guided ceremony and session. And what this is, is I'm going to set you up, tell you how to prepare and have you join me for a guided ceremony. And you can expect emotional release to create some space, to create space to hold more joy, to hold more abundance, to hold more creativity, to feel your true self and not just heavy emotions. And sometimes you might not even know that you have it, but if you feel creatively blocked, if you feel abundantly blocked, like you're like, oh, I haven't been able to like touch this level of creativity or I haven't feel like I haven't been showing up and being as visible as vocal. I feel like I've been hiding or laying low or I feel like I'm just sleeping on myself or sleeping on my purpose. Sometimes it's like just making more space emotionally and in your body to be able to hold some of these things. And we do this through emotional release and being able to meet ourselves deeply. So set yourself free as something that I'm doing uh, for the readers of my book that participate in this giveaway. Now, Here's the deal. There's going to be a recording. So you'll have access. You'll have plenty of time to do it again or to get with it and do it on your own time if you miss the live session. But here's the other part I want you to know that I'm giving away three extra gifts through a drawing. And it's going to be in collaboration with Holy Wild. If you're not familiar with Holy Wild, check them out on Instagram. Holy Wild is plant magic. It's like rituals. There's my friend who is a green witch, she's a really incredible soul. She creates all of these beautiful plant magic rituals at her place and just so much intention, so much care, the best, highest standard products. And they're just so beautifully crafted. So three people are going to have gifts actually shipped to your home. And that's going to be a drawing that I'm going to um, do. So yeah, everybody wins, but Three people will also, in addition, win some plant magic from Holy Wild. So here's how to win. It's really simple. I made it really easy. You buy the book on Amazon, whether you buy paperback or Kindle. Setting myself free. It's on my link tree, the link in my bio on Instagram. I've been sending out an email. It's also on my website. You can check that out. Buy the book, step one. Step two, leave a review on Amazon. Leave a review and send the screenshot to me. That's step two. Step three, share it on socials. Tag me. So you could share on your story and tag me. You could share a little coffee morning post that really doesn't mention anything about the book, but the book is there with your coffee or with your journal. Tag me. You could put it and share like, oh my God, this book, you have to get it. That's amazing too. Tag me. As long as you do those three easy steps, you're going to be in for the ceremony and then you're also going to be in for the drawing for the plant magic. Not only that, you just really are supporting this book, this project and me. And I want to just thank you in advance because it means so much to get the reviews on Amazon, especially because I'm essentially letting go of all the reviews that were on my formal book. But I just trust in this process and I trust in my community. And I know that I have that level of support. And I know this book is amazing. It's amazing. So what we're going to talk about today with the normalized suffering is inspired by the book. And 
I feel like that's why the book is relatable because I've had women and men that have not been through any of the things specifically, and this is their words, not been through any of these things personally, yet they really resonate with what I shared because I shared my innermost insecurities, my fears, the things I was hoping and wishing for, like I was sharing in a really raw way. And in those shares, it's really just the human experience. And I feel like that's why the book was received the way it was. Um, three of the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Reviews stated this addictive. I seriously could not put this down on the edge of my seat the entire time. So it's that kind of book yet at the same time, the story is designed to remind you of what's possible for all of us. We all are imbued with the same source. You and I are imbued with the same source, infinite supply, ultimate creativity, solutions always exist. Abundance always exists. Ways of evolving, growing, ways out of problematic situations always exist for you and for me at all times, period. And when we're really in a situation that feels sticky, hard to navigate, foggy, like I don't see a way out, we can easily forget that. And when I say we, I'm going to speak for me. I know that I have forgot that. And there was a long period in my life, decades, where I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know that I could seriously get out. So normalized suffering is a deep state of suffering that has become normal to you. And it can become so normal to you that you don't even realize, wow, this sucks. Like, you only realize on the other side of it, like after you break free, just how horrible that is. And I want to know, is there anything that you have going on in your life right now that you have an inkling that could be your flavor of normalized suffering? So I'm going to talk about some ways that I've normalized suffering in my lifetime. I normalized being so emotionally distraught. And that was all I knew growing up with abuse and neglect. If anyone, if you've personally, or if you know someone that has grown up with an addict as a parent, that's a, it's a challenging way to grow up. And that's how I grew up. And being in that environment around so many addicts, the constant fighting, the physical abuse, sexual abuse that happened. There were things in the first 20 years of my life that, created so much pain. It was just too much for me to carry. When I had a little taste of alcohol, I had a little taste of a pill, a little taste of something, smoking weed that could take away that pain. I, that's what I saw. I wanted more of that. And that was the tools that I was given. That was the tools that I saw people around me using. That was the tools my family had used to calm that pain. So I normalized that suffering going even into my twenties of like, this is how I get refuge. This is how I slow down the pain. This is how I slow down that voice in my mind that's saying something's off, red alert, red alert, red alert. Now, even though I was in my 20s, there's times that I've done this in my 30s. And I will tell you after working with thousands of women in just programs in all sorts of ways, 
we collectively as humans do this because when we're getting a red alert, it requires us to do something that is uncomfortable. So we'd rather just stifle down that, just quiet down that voice, just turn down the volume on that voice because I'm not ready to make that move. I'm not ready to leave that relationship. I'm not ready to find a new job. I'm not ready to have that conversation. I'm just going to turn down the noise of this. But that is the thing I want you to pay attention to do today. Where are you doing that? Because this is one of my specialties. I help women start to confront that voice with love and begin to trust it and to begin to obey it. And I'll tell you, if your normalized suffering is deep and it's like you've seen it with your parents, you have a pattern that's going, it's something that we may have to work on for some time. And that's okay because you're really unhooking yourself. You're unraveling. You're beginning to wake up to it. You're beginning to see it with a new way of seeing, not from the pattern, but from your highest self. So you have to trust this process, but you have to be willing to first confront it and acknowledge what's there. So the first step is seeing like, this feels like something's off. I do feel like something needs my attention here and I'm ready to look at it. But like I said, sometimes it's on the other side that you realize how bad it was. So let's talk about this. For me, one of the things that showed that really like inspired me to come here and to share this episode with you is that my normalized suffering that was like the worst to me was not only the addiction piece, but also the part of me that thought love involved being hurt. Because now I can't see it further from the truth. I can pick up on just the little, the little inklings of control, manipulation, like people limiting someone, like someone trying to limit, someone trying to restrict to guilt, to shame. I could pick up on that like so easily now. But in my 20s, these are the kind of people that I dated. It was the only kind of men that I attracted. I found myself in several physically abusive relationships from my first relationship that ended very, very violently. And I write about this in my book. It was, I thought I was going to die. I almost died. That happened. And then you would think like, well, then you would never be in a relationship like that again. But no, because my program said that love looks like this kind of relationship, this kind of man. It was normal for me. I attracted it because that is what I sought out internally, deep down. I saw the women in my home, my mother, her sister, walking around with black eyes, puffy lips, getting this kind of abuse. And then they made up. And then it was good for a little bit. And then it happened again. There was this like, dynamic that I saw that love hurts. And even with with me, with my father, he was the same way. He would come and go because of his addiction. He would leave and disappear. He would come back. He would be violent. He would be aggressive. He would have rage. And then he would be so nice because he'd be high. And I was conflicted because I knew that my father loved me because that's what fathers do, right? 
but yet there was all of these this other information. And that played out until I became awake and aware. But the thing is, I didn't become awake and aware fully, like fully, until something so horrible, devastating, like shocking, unbelievable happened. And that was when I left my daughter's father. And I had to literally escape him. And that's really where the book, my book starts is how I escaped him. And when I say escaped, it wasn't like I'm leaving. It was very, it was scary. I thought if he catches me doing this, I'm going to die. But at the same time, I continued to go back to him because there was this little part of me that thought he's going to get better. He's going to figure this thing out. He's going to heal this part of him because that's what I thought my dad did. But the one part of me was so scared and just knew, red alert, red alert, red alert, this isn't right. We have to leave. Because the violence was getting so bad that I ended up with 10 staples in my head. So I escaped. But six weeks after I escaped, I get a call that he murdered a woman in our home, the home that I escaped from. Now, in that period, when I found that out, It was like that moment where I had to face all of it. Now, you might be listening and be like, well, Nicole, didn't you face it when you had 10 staples? But you have to understand, if you've never been an abused woman, then you don't get the psychology of it. But there's a thing that happens when you're in this and you've been in it your whole life. There's a lot of beliefs. There's a lot of programming. There's a lot of fears. There's a lot of insecurity You don't feel strong enough. You don't feel certain enough. There's a lot that happens. It's deep. It's deeper than you may realize. So I would say if you've never experienced this, just seek to understand for the sake of knowing, like, there's a reason why this happens. And if you, I'll I'll leave it at that. If you read the book, you'll understand more because there's also things that happen when people leave sometimes. But I believed all of these things. But when When I was faced with there's a woman that has been murdered in your home and you have to come and get the keys now and you have to come in your home and see the mess that is left from everything that happened, I was faced with my worst nightmare. And I was faced with looking at my home and seeing these things, the blood, the the gore, the devastation and realizing that that could have been me. And I had to wake the fuck up, like wake up, like They don't always change. You're delusional. Any given moment, something can go terribly wrong. And when I was writing this book again, revising it, I should say, I had to sleep on this because when I got to that part where I described the leaving and then being called back by the detectives, and when I felt all of that and I read it again, I was like, this is intense. I mean, this is not a true crime novel. This is my life. And this was someone else's life that I'm writing about. Should I write this? Should I share this? Is this my story? Like I literally was disturbed and I didn't know if I should even put it in the book. I thought I can tell about my abuse. I can tell about surviving without putting all of this here. I can skip over this part. But there, here's the reason why I didn't. Because there's someone like me, the me from 
16 years ago, the me from 18 years ago, the me from 20 years ago when I was with the other guy. They, that woman, those other women, they need to read that. They need to remember the reality of this, the reality of violence, the reality of rage, the reality of unhealed people in relationship that are not a good fit. Understanding what could happen. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. It's sad. Like right now, as I'm leaving this podcast for you and I'm sitting here and I'm recording this in peace, I have a Starbucks here. I have, you know, peace in my life. I just got done a beautiful walk with my dogs, like looking at mountains and taking in everything. I have peace in my life, but I'll tell you, there's women out there. There's many, many, many more than I can even imagine and count right now that are living on eggshells because of a violent partner, because of a rageful partner, because of someone that belittles them, because of someone that controls them. And it's not okay. Maybe it's you. And if it is, I want to send you so much love. And I want to remind you to keep doing the work. Like it's the best investment you can do is to keep working on you so that you can wake up from it and say goodbye. And if you are someone that has someone like this in your life where you see someone's being controlled, someone that is being belittled, it's someone that is being financially abused, someone that doesn't feel safe in their home, someone that is like not allowed to speak up or to have a healthy conversation. It is not healthy if you have to constantly defend yourself. It is not healthy if you constantly have to um, over-explain yourself, if you have to hide things, if you have to hide your passions and hide your silliness and hide things like hiding in a relationship is not healthy. But all of this comes down to how we are in relationship to ourselves, And that's the thing. And that's one of the, the things that I teach in my work. And I feel like, you know, the average person might think, well, I should do, you know, I should focus on this if I want to set my business free. I should, I should focus on this strategy. I should get this. But I have to tell you that it all comes down to your relationship to yourself, your business, your finances, your ability to receive and make money, your ability to feel free and safe in your body. Everything comes back to the relationship with self. And as we heal that relationship with self, we begin to be unavailable to tolerate bullshit in relationships with others. Now, here's the deal. We all have our own time and space with this. So what I want you to know, if you're someone that's listening to this, just trust your timing and trust your space and be gentle with yourself. I might, I sound like I'm speaking with great intensity because it's something that I'm passionate about because I've been to the far extreme. Remember, 10 staples in my head. Also being kidnapped. You'll read about that in the book. These things have happened to me and that I've been on the opposite extreme where I've just felt so much peace. I do whatever the hell I want. Literally, one of my friends wrote me yesterday and it's like, you should come. You should come like this is this. I have this place and it's incredible. And it's one of my very good friends. And I was just like, yeah, I should come. I'm going to go like peace, freedom. I value those things. Now, here's the thing I want you to know is I just have so much like love and compassion and so much of why I even took a pause from things that are maybe even financially more profitable to be with this book and to go through and feel the emotions like 
It's not been fun. But to feel it with a greater sensitivity as the woman I am today, five years later, I feel so much more. I'm so much more available for my emotions than I was five years ago. I'm so much more awake and aware and sensitive than I was five years ago. Being with this was not easy, but I did it because of how passionate I am about this this conversation being out there. And for the light and the evidence and the testimony and the hope to be to be here for for the message to get to where it needs to go. So I've gone a little bit off track, but let's go back to the normalized suffering. So in that moment when the murder happened and I had to go back to my home, I couldn't deny it anymore. I couldn't have these little romanticized, delusional, like it's going to get better. It's going to figure, you know, no, I could not do that anymore. I had to face it. And I had to ask, like, am I really willing to break this pattern? My daughter at the time was a toddler and I just could not be available for her to take on these patterns because I know, like I learned, I learned how to love from how my dad and I loved each other or how he showed and demonstrated love to me and how I watched him demonstrate love to my mother, which was full of pain and toxicity and violence and rage and manipulation and narcissism. And my mom lived her entire life trying to unravel from my dad's web. And I had to decide that I'm not available for that. But I saw how deeply my suffering was normalized. So in that moment, I did move away from the violence. Like I was like, never again. And I never again was available for that kind of man. And it was like, I could see the men that were like that. I could see them. I could sense them. It's like my spidey sense was on. And as I did that, I didn't attract those men. But I realized I started my next relationship. And I write about this in my book, which showed up in a different way. But there was other sort of abuse, like silent treatment and um, jealousy and this like emotional tug of war. And also, I was not completely innocent in that either because I had all of my old ways, all of the things I had to unlearn. And all of that combined with what was coming up physically in my body after I decided like to get sober led me to my spiritual practice. And I share in the book how like I was looking for normal, but I found my magnificence. I found my divinity. I never planned on doing all these things that I do today, writing books about these things, um, being a teacher, having a podcast, being a guide. But at the same time, I was always coded for it. It was part of my destiny, but I had to step into it. And we have to look for the ways that we continuously engage in our suffering and continuously engage with staying asleep, continuously engage with our smallness, and we have to choose higher. So this is an invitation to you to choose higher. And it's a day by day, one day at a time, one moment at a time choosing yourself, choosing yourself again. We deserve that. This is like my rally cry for all of you out there. It, you, could, you could have nothing to do with any of these things that I'm talking about right now, but you could be normalizing your suffering because you just don't have enough money to do the things that make you feel totally aligned with who you know you really are. Normalize suffering normalizing the fact that that feels shitty and you're just normalizing it 
It's like we have to have these moments of I'm going to acknowledge this. I'm going to face it. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to heal it. That's it. You can have a way of treating your body, talking to your body, believing about your body, feeding your body that you know feels like red alert, feels like or feels heavy. It feels like normalized suffering and you're tired of it. There has to be that moment of acknowledging, of facing it, of deciding I'm fucking done. Getting help. This is the thing I want to remind all of you is like, we do not do it alone. Invest. Get a coach. If you need a coach, I'm, I would love to work with you if it's a good fit. Reach out. Work with someone. Do it for long term. Be with someone so that they can get to know the ways that you hide, the ways that you pretend, the ways that you shrink. And they also know the, the way that you shine. And they can remind you to stop hiding. They can remind you to shine brighter. Like that's the benefit of long-term coaching, long-term support and mentorship. The thing I want you to know is that you're not meant to do it on your own. And oftentimes when we find ourselves in a deep space of normalized suffering, we can find the people closest to us have also subscribed to these similar kinds of normalized suffering, whether they're just totally abandon their truth, totally abandon themselves. They totally ignore things that suck and they've accepted it as the way it has to be. Yeah, I'm just going to complain about the economy right now because my money's tight. I'm just going to complain about how much everything costs because it's hard. I'm just going to talk about how marriage is the hardest thing and how husbands suck because mine does. No, there's demonstrations of the opposite out there. Seek them out. Hire support. Be in a space that calls you to lift up and set yourself free. So my friends, I, I just, I hope this message reaches you and I trust that it reaches you in the right way. If you know someone out there that is breaking free of something, whether they've confided in you and they're just like, look, I, I need your help. I need to get out of this relationship or look, I've been, my standards have been low for too long and I'm ready to raise them up. Look, I want to be held accountable. Or look, I just need to confess this to someone. I need to get it off my chest because I've been holding it by myself. Send this to them. You know, I love when my friends send me things because they care about me. And I send the people I care about things because they're on my mind, they're on my heart. You know, I do it with a lot of my clients. So the clients that I, I know well and that I've spent time with because I'm like, this could speak to them. I know this is going to like spark something for them. There's power in sharing and Sharing this episode could really help someone. So if you know someone that could benefit from this message, please share it with them. I want to remind you that not only the book is out, the, the ceremony is coming in. The ceremony is going to help you with some of these things, whether it's becoming conscious of some of this, because we're going to be working with the deepest parts of you, but also the most divine parts of you. It's going to be powerful. I can't wait. The ceremony is on the very last Saturday of September. You have until September 29th, the end of the day, September 29th, to participate in this. So that's buying the book, whether it's Kindle or paperback, leaving your review, sending the screenshot, DM me or email me, and tagging me on social with the book there. The other thing I want to remind you is that we have my collective right now. So if you're someone that is working on your energy, you're working on your awareness, you're working on being a vessel for more of your true expression, freedom, abundance and love and all of those good things this collective is just something i'm doing as a three-month 
situation. You can get in for $88 a month. You can get in and there's a bunch of videos right now. We have replays from this month. We have replays on business. We have things on soft discipline and honoring your intuition. We have things about really just cultivating your energy and unlocking your divine potential. There's hypnosis, there's breath work, there's meditations. All of this is in there and it's literally less than $100. I don't know that I'll ever do this again. I don't know. Right now, I'm not clear if I'll continue it. But for this year, it's just these three months. So if you want to get in, get in. We have a new masterclass coming up next week. And it's all about amplifying your intuition for decision-making with your body. So I can't wait for that. So join and be a part of it. The other thing is private coaching. I'm coming up on the eight-year anniversary that I announced that this is what I'm going to do. Like, hey, I want to come out. I'm going to share. Like, I've been through these things. I had a literal coming out. October 1st of 2015. It was one of the scariest things. You read about it in my book, but it was when I came out and shared my experiences that I wanted to help people. And I wasn't able to help people right away in terms of being paid to help people, but I stepped into the purpose of knowing that I was meant to be a miracle worker, to be a light, to be a reminder. And as I'm approaching that, I definitely want to work with some women that want to be all in. Like if you are coachable, If you're coachable, that means that you're open to a new idea. You're open to a new identity. You're open to a new way of seeing and being. If that is you, like reach out. I want to do some really powerful work with you as we close the year together. And you have to be in a place where you're like, it's time. I'm ready, willing to confront myself with love. I'm willing to compassionately embrace all of me so that I can integrate my gifts and release all that no longer serves me. If that is you, reach out. I'll be sharing more about it, but also feel free to reach out. The other thing is the Bali retreat. We are down to the final four places, and the Bali retreat is just something special. It is a way that you can work with me that is unlike any other way to work with me. I mean, we're in Bali. We're in Bali. Bali is beautiful. Bali is blissful. Bali is feminine. It's lush. It's rich. And there's this just energy about it. So if you want to be a part of that, it's February 6th through 11th, and there's only four places left. You can pay in full or leave your deposit and make payments. But either way, reach out to me if that is a calling on your heart, and we'll discuss further. My friends, I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for being a part of this community. We are evolving together, literally, always. And I also want to ask you that if you haven't already, that if you leave your review for this podcast on iTunes, it helps me reach more people. It just supports the community, this message. So if you benefit from this show, I would love to ask for that review. It means so much to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm just sending you so much love. Keep a compassionate eye, a loving observation, gentle awareness, and look for the ways that you've engaged in suffering and made it normal where it's actually it's actually a choice look for it be aware and you'll set yourself free i'll see you soon and hopefully i'll see you in that ceremony bye until next time